0: Welcome to CT Church. This message was recorded during our Sunday service. We hope you enjoy this presentation. I want to thank the Lord for this opportunity. Because I'm not worthy, He makes us worthy. Song a songs, Chapter 2, verse 15, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. Father God, we thank you for your word that is alive and effective and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it penetrates to the soul, spirit, and joints, and morals, and discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Holy Spirit, I, I pray that you prepare our hearts, water it, put fertilizer, prepare it, so that we can receive your holy word, your holy seed. And that it may be planted in our hearts. And that at due time, it will sprout and grow and produce fruit in your kingdom, in our lives, kingdom, family, and in our nation. The people of God say, Amen. Hallelujah. I'm excited to be here today. I'd rather be here than the best hospital in the whole world. Amen. And so we are going to, I'm going to talk, not as a pastor. I'm one of the pastors. But today I put my coat that I used to when I I preached in another church as an evangelist or something like that, right? Because evangelists, these guys throw rocks and then they leave, Right? They don't care how you feel. So I'm going to be an evangelist. Let's pretend you don't know me. My name is, uh, doesn't matter, but my name is Pastor Richard Ibarra. My wife is Priscilla Ibarra. And a lot of, uh, a lot of you don't see us uh, because we minister in Spanish. How many of you know Spanish in here? You're going to heaven. Uh, my wife and I, um, I want to thank God for her 45 years this month, or in August. And if you're going to give a trophy to anybody, she deserves it. And I told her, and I'll tell her again, if you ever leave me, I'm going with you. Okay, let's get serious with the Word of God. The little foxes that spoil the vines, vines. There's a vine that the little fox cannot destroy, and that's God. He tried it once, but he wasn't successful. These vines represent, and I'll tell you a little bit about it as I go along. These little foxes. They sneak into the the vineyards. But how is it that they spoil the fruit in the vines? First of all, I want to tell you a little bit about the nature of these little foxes. They're small and they're very sneaky. And they'll find any little crack in your fence. And they'll slip in there. And sometimes you don't even notice it. They're so subtle, like he did with Adam and Eve. And they—they're persistent. And they're very damaging. They come out at night because they're afraid of the light, because the light will expose them. Lucifer, before he rebelled against God, was an angel of light, and had a high place in the creation of the angels. But these little guys that dig under the fence, they don't have to dig too, too far because they're so small. And because they're small, they get in. And I will tell you, church, if we're not praying, watching to guard our lives from these little foxes, they will invade and ruin the vineyard of our personal relationships and growth with our Lord our families our church family our friends it can they can do destruction and they dig the little foxes represent these little sins in our lives those little sins that become like cancer in your life if you're not careful john 15:16 you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should, should remain. And whatever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. So if you're wondering what are we doing here today, listening to this, this message of little foxes. Uh, the Lord has chosen you and me not to be religious, not to look pretty. You know, don't don't let the the the, the clothes you know mislead you inside I'm a man they've been washed by the blood of Jesus. But these other exterior things, they're just I don't know. I blame my wife because she dresses me. But they're there. They're there. I am, in John 15, says, I am the true vine. Who is the true vine? Jesus Christ. That the devil cannot destroy. And my father is the gardener. And God. He's the gardener. What he does, he waters us with the Holy Ghost, with the Word of God. I mean, he lives within us. I know. I spoke to him this morning. And the Word of God says so, you are to bear uh, fruit. And those that don't produce fruit, well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Sometimes he lets us go through some rough times. That's pruning. So that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the world. You're already saved, yes. I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You need to be connected. It must remain in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you you remain in me. You gotta be connected, church. What does it mean to be connected? Let me give you an example. When I was about eight years old, growing up in a little farm. With my one of my first cousins, and he, that old the old houses they only had those bulbs that you would screw in and out, and I guess he ran out of bulbs and he went to go buy them. And I was looking at that thing. What in the world could that be? You know, we weren't as smart as the kids nowadays. But um, I put a chair. and I put my finger in that. I was connected. There's no doubt when you're connected with Jesus Christ, the fire of God is going to come down at you. (laughs) Well, nevertheless, I was on the floor by the time I knew it, but I knew I had been connected. And it was a great experience because I never did that again. I pay people to get electrocuted. Who are the branches? John 15. I'm glad you asked. I am the vine. You are the branches. So who are the branches? We are. And we're connected to the vine. If you remain in me and, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Ab- apart from me, you can do nothing. It doesn't mean you can't do nothing. It just means you can't do nothing in the kingdom of God when you're not connected. You can, uh, you can play church, whatever, but you need to be connected because he will give us much fruit. And the fruit is better than H-E-B. do not take much. The principle to bear fruit is in the abiding. People don't want to know how good you are. He wants to know where you're coming from. A Christian is a branch in the vine. One who is joined with Christ. United to Him in deriving life from Him. And He is a participant of His very nature. We are healthy, green Full of life, we should be the most lively people on the planet of the earth. If you go around with your head down, frowning, who are you gonna win for Christ? They're already doing that. They're looking for life, and it's only found in Jesus Christ. As a branch connected to the vine, we are to bear fruit. Are you wondering what we were doing here as Christians? Bear fruit, bear fruit. God is so simple. He is so simple that I was, I was able to understand salvation and gave my life to Jesus many years ago, about 47, and his greatest decision I ever made was to serve my Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is looking for fruit in your life. The source of, the, of this fruit is the Lord Himself, the manifestation of the fruit. Is seen in the branches of the vine. What kind of fruit are we to bear as Christians? What is the fruit that, we, that appears in the branches which are united to the true vine? Number four, the fruit we are to bear is the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and (sighs) self-control. That's the fruit. Where do you get that fruit from? From the vine. The main vine is Jesus Christ. These verses give us a vivid picture of a Christian life as our Lord intended it to be. We should be loving, joyful. Peaceful, patient, kind, good, trustworthy, humble, and disciplined self-control. This self-control doesn't come from your flesh or from your tradition. This self-control comes from God Himself. And if you're self-controlled, I want you to give glory to the Lord. Because He's the one that gave us that nutrient. And it's not fruits. You don't say, Well, um, I'm 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 a lovable per person, but man, I'm not very patient. You don't pick. We're not fruit pickers. We take all this, it doesn't say fruits, it says fruit. It's one fruit. We're all these ingredients that you that the, the Bible mentions there. We're everything. God doesn't give you just part of Him, He gives you all of Him. Number five, the little foxes that ruin the the vineyards that hinder the growth and take away the tender fruit or the sins of the spirit. This time, the word is with a lowercase spirit, in 2 Corinthians 7, 1. The sins of the flesh or the gross sins like adultery, murder, blasphemy, drunkenness, and blah, 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 and so on, etc. The sins of the spirit or the little foxes that creep. And almost unnoticed and spoil the vines and take away the fruit. What are these little foxes? They're just sins of the Spirit. They can come in different categories. Number one, the wrong things we think. I know what you're thinking. The wrong things that we say. And the wrong things that we do. There are other categories. But the little foxes don't come growling at you and scaring you. They come like this little fox. So cute. And if you give them grapes, they'll take it. They love it. And they sneak into your life. There are many little foxes. It would be impossible To cover all of them today. But I picked five foxes that have been coming to my life and that they've done some damage. And then I had to go to my knees and ask God to forgive me and to train me and to give me self-discipline. And to to, uh, refine it with the Holy Spirit and His Word. And so the Lord will work. These little foxes. This morning I want to just cover five of them. And I'm not, I don't want to really preach at you, even though that's what evangelists do. I'm going to throw five rocks at you and go back there and speak Spanish, preach in Spanish, okay? Number one, excuse me a little bit. I carry this guy, but I really don't carry him in here. Carry, he's alongside with me all the time. This little guy is cute. Sometimes he sleeps with me, and this little fox, isn't he cute? Feels good, and uh, I can play with him, but, uh, you know, his name is Pride. How many of you have pride? Pinch yourself. You You can't feel anything, you don't have pride. We have pride. Let me tell you, we were born with that little thing, with this little fox. If you don't believe me, just watch the kids. Oh, that's my toy. No, no. And then they get into it. Pride. This little guy. Pride is the father of all the little foxes. This guy. Lucifer rebelled against God, wanting to, be, to make himself better than God. I will tell you right now, the devil is very smart, but he's got no wisdom at all. Thinking he can be like God, there is no way. But he wanted to, and then this man, this 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 big fox, has babies. Now I'm going to talk about those little babies too. The Bible says that in James 4:6 that, but he gives more grace. This is why he says, God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. It's not humble, Texas. They even took the H. I think it was the Assemblies of God over there. They call it humble. And I went into that little town, and I started saying humble, and everybody was correcting me. It's not humble. It's humble. But I'm I'm talking about humility. Humility. Christian, we're supposed to be the, the the greatest humble people on the earth. Is us Christians? The Bible says that He gives grace to the humble, but He resists the proud. Eight, uh, Proverbs eight thirteen. I love Proverbs. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. We ought to hate everything that God hates, and love everything that God loves. I love you. I hope you love me, but I love you. Because because God loves us. God loves us unconditionally. I didn't say you get saved unconditionally. God loves us unconditionally. But salvation has a condition. You have to accept Him as your personal Savior. Proverbs 16 says, Pride goes before destruction and an honest spirit before a fall. Hate the things God hates and love the things God loves. He loves the church. And because I'm part of the church, you ought to love me. Because I love you. Now this guy, I'm gonna pull out this the different one, okay? Number two, the offended, angry little fox. Woo. Well, that's the same one you have, Pastor Richard. He said, yeah, they all look the same. They're Twinkies. They, they come from the same father, the father of lies. So, these, these are twins, and they're related to pride. We have all been offended. How many of you have ever been offended by anybody? If you're honest, everybody would lift up their hand. We've all been offended. That is not the problem. That little fox go in there. And if you come against it in the name of Jesus. He'll go away for, for a while. A lot of us have holy fences. They're not because they're righteous. But because they're full of holes. The fence. We have all been offended. We're talking about the, the persons who are offended by any little thing. I mean, you always feel like, man, I better, I better know how to act in front of this person because they get offended so easy. And I'm like walking on shells. And uh, what do I do? And you're afraid to even talk because any little thing offends them. Actually, you're not walking on shells. You're walking on pride. Because the time that I know that I've gotten real upset, is somebody stepped on my pride, hey, man, who do you think you are? Sound like an English guy, right? I'm not. But pride makes us offended and makes us angry. They're all together. They're all little foxes run together, and they look the same. God have mercy on us. We're all talking about those persons, right? But everybody gets offended. But because we're full of pride, we get angry, and we get offended, and you can say, ouch, because we all do it. Have you noticed that we can be corrected at work by the boss? I spent 39 years with a company, and I left every year I quit. And in, De- in December, I quit. In January, I hired myself back up because I remember when I first got hired. Man, I was gone, hold. yes, sir, yes, sir, no, sir. But then it starts dying out, and I got complacent. So every year, the first three months of, of my job, I, I had the highest sales, and I got trophies. But then the rest of the years, I relaxed. And that's what we do in Christian life. When we first come in, we're gone home. What happened? The spirit is still the same. God hasn't changed. You still have Jesus in your heart, but you let those little foxes come in. And they begin to eat up the fruit in the vine. Normally, we get offended by the people that are close to us. Forbid that we get offended. Somebody says something to us. Our pastor tells me something that I'm doing wrong, whatever. And the bar guy wants to go, hey, don't let it. At work, I could take it. I can take it here. I, I respected my boss back then, and I respect my boss today as Pastor Doug. Well, the first one is my wife at home, but at church, that, at the church, it's Pastor Doug. He's, he's a great man of God. He's a big boy, big man, but I will tell you, he's a, he's a big man with a big heart, and I also want to thank him for trusting me with this pulpit. He's probably gonna to have to come and clean up all the mess. But thank God that he trusted. Amen. A brother is offended. In Proverbs 18, 19 says, a brother is offended, that that's offended is harder to win than a strong city and contentious, or like the bars of a castle. We get offended with people, and if it's a minister, you don't even want to come to hear his. His, his ministry. You either not come to church or go to another one or hide somewhere. Because they're offended. Now, I want to say this. That as pastors and preachers and Christians, we should never preach or speak and, or testify to intentionally offend people. Because Jesus Christ get left an example. I want to go through some scrip- scriptures right quick. In Matthew 15, 12, he, Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? They got offended at Jesus. Later on, Jesus says in Matthew 17, 27, Nevertheless, lest we offend them, lest we offend them. This is Jesus talking. Go to the sea, cast in a hook. And take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened the mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. It was conscience. We need to be conscience. Just because we're Christians. I'm going to be bold and I'm going to say this to the sister so and sister so. No, no, no. Hold on. We have to do it in love. This is not a message of hate. Only hate towards these little foxes. Not against you. Not against your brother. Not against your sister. It's love. How do we counter this offended, angry little fox? Well, I will say that with love, that's the fruit of the Spirit, right? And forgiveness is a, is a principle of the Spirit. So, how do you counter it? Brother, if I I said something bad or whatever, I want you to forgive me in the name of Jesus. Forgive me and release me. And most of the time, I would say 99 has worked. That person says, sure, brother. But we sometimes don't do it because we take this and it feels good. I'm going to keep it with me because the Ibaras, we don't take nothing from nobody. You're not an Ibarra anymore. You're a child of Christ. Child of God through Christ Jesus. So we're going to change their mentality. Kill them with your love and forgiveness. I mean, send him back to the devil. Number three. Let's play this game again. Number three, the bitter little fox. Well, it's the same way, yes. They're cousins. They're cousins. And so the Bible says, Ephesians 4.31, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be out, away from you with all malice. All the malice stuff. I didn't say it? It's written in the Word of God. And when I read that word, I said, oh, he's speaking to me. He's not speaking to you. He's speaking to me. I have to get rid of it. This little fox is not doing good in the vineyard. It's eating up the fruit. Ephesians 4, 26 says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. That means we, God knows we get angry. God himself gets angry when we're flirting with the devil. He gets jealous. He's a jealous God. He he can be an angry God, according to his word. And the reason is because he loves us so much. If I see my wife flirting with another man, yeah, I'm going to get jealous. I might even get mad. She's my wife. And same with her, right? But God loves us so much. He says, okay, get angry, but get over it. Don't go to bed with it. This is good for those that have been married for a while, right? Yes, we get uh, on each other's nerves. Yes, sometimes we get angry, but never go to bed without settling it. And we don't have a way out. Because sometimes I got angry about something, I won't tell you all my secrets. And my, and my wife's one side of the bed, I'm the other one, and we're not talking. And she nudges me and says, Are we praying today? <laughs> <laughs> Adios, Sorrita. Goodbye, little fox. And we start praying. And guess what? We're not angry anymore. Thank you, baby, for doing that. According to this writing, bitterness has relatives. Their names are anger, childing, Cursing and, and, and all kinds of malice. It is said that this life is so precious that it's a shame that uh, we pick to be bitter. You don't know how long you're going to be in this world. I don't know how long I'm going to be with my grandkids, my wife. So I want to enjoy every every second. And it's only through the Holy Ghost that gives us that fruit. They also say that ulcers are not caused by what you eat. It's caused by what's eating you. When you are bitter against some, a person, you can't forgive. Something happens in your gut. It's about to destroy you. Ooh, I can't stand. I mean, every time I see that, brother or sister, ooh, something hurts right here. Well, physically, it's not good for you. Physically, it's not good for us. It's, it, it's, I can go on forever with this, but we need to take care of this little fox. She can be very, very, very detrimental. You have to hunt them down. You have to corral them, encounter them with the joy of the Lord. There's some people that make me jealous because every I don't care, they might their house is burning down and they're full of joy. What's happening here? It's not normal that these people would be full of joy when their house is burning down. They got all kinds of problems. And look at the joy in your face. Job. Whenever I feel like that, I go to Job. He says, The Lord gives and the Lord taketh. And he gave glory to God. They just killed all his sons and daughters. And he's <laughs> that's a good book to, to go to when you feel you got so much troubles. The Holy Spirit will tell you and will ask you, What's your problem when you read that book? Okay. We're gonna. This guy's getting my nerves a little bit, so I'm going to change up. Okay. Okay, I got a little fox for you, number four. The lion lying little fox. Now, how many of you here have never in your life said a lie? Don't lift your hand because I'll have to pray for you. God says in His Word that let every man be a liar. And only God be the truth. So if you tell me you have never lied, you already said your first one. Or 300 or 400. I don't know. This one was really creeping into me. Oh, I think I was born with it too. I lied to my parents where I was that night. Or to my guardians. But anyway, Ephesians... 425, therefore putting away lying, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Right now, you're my neighbor because you're close to me. For we are members of one another. We're members of one another because we're Christians and we belong to the family of God. And we're not to lie to one another, but I've lied. Thank God we're under the grace of this, the, the the dispensation of grace. How many of us say Amen? I would be dead already under the law. I would have been dead in my trespasses. Thank you, Jesus. There's not an excuse for us to, to willingly sin against Him. I went to a brother one time and he, he was just avoiding me. He wouldn't greet me. He would, hey, brother. I, can I ask you if I said something wrong or did something wrong to you? Oh, no, brother. Everything's fine. Liar, liar, your pants are on fire. Later on, I'll find out what he had wrong, that I had said something wrong to him. And he took it wrong, really, but I had to go and explain it to that person. But we lie. This is the little fox. He's cute. He changed coats. We call them little white lice. Isn't he cute? I mean, he can come live with me for a little bit. He'll be my pet. Hey, man. I want to show you a picture of my little girl when she was about three, four, more or less. Cute little girl. God gave us. She's already 40, almost. But she loved phones. Remember those old phones, rotaries and stuff? And she loved them. And, I uh, mean, the phone would ring, and she'd go to the, to the phone, pick it up, and start making a conversation to whoever called. One day, I came in tired from work, a little frustrated. A little, some little foxes got into my life, and they were destroying that little, that little uh, the fruit that God's given me through the Holy Ghost. And I said, the phone rang. He, she answers, says, Hi. Fine. Um hey, hello I'm here, okay? My daddy said to tell you that he's not here. Real cute, right? Give me that phone. <laughs> and then I made another light to cover that one. Liar, liar, pants are on fire. Can you imagine what kind of What kind of lesson I'm giving my kids because I want to hide in my little white fox. And we call it white white lice. God have mercy on us. I love Myra. She's my daughter. I did get permission to have her picture up there. You are... Of your father, John 8, the devil, I'm not speaking to the Christians, this is to the Pharisees, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resource. Where does the lies come? From the devil. For he is a liar and the father of all lies. So white lies, red lies, big lies, gross lies, they all come from Satan, whether you're a Christian or not. We gotta recognize this little guy and send him back to the devil. We conquer this little fox. The only way to con- to conquer this little fox is with the truth. It's hard sometimes. But truth is is the one that's going to get this little fox out of of our lives, and he will not ruin the fruit of the Spirit that God is trying to feed us with. The nature of God, the Father, is the truth, the Bible says. But the, the nature of the devil is a lie. He's a liar, and his pants are always on fire. The question is to you, church, today, who do we resemble? Do we resemble Jesus Christ or the devil? Some people can lie to your face and not even wink. You become good. That little fox, you know, he's so clever and thinks you're okay. Nobody told me what time to. To finish today, so I'm gonna okay. Bear with me, we're at number five. The last one, the other one is he kind of looks like everybody, and it's called the Gossiping Little Fox. How many of you like gossiping? I just like the juicy ones. <laughs> I don't care to all of them, you know, but when it's juicy, I tell you, I get on Facebook and there's a lot of gossiping in there. There's a lot of good things. I don't want to be, you know, sound religious. I I am in Facebook and I get on once in a while. But if you want to communicate with me, you better call me or say it might be two months by the time I get back to you. I'm sorry. Not that I'm against it. I'm just not too interested. But I do get into it. I mean, maybe that's a little fox I get rid of. I don't know. That's my life. But my wife would tell me, "Did you see it on Facebook?" I said, no, I didn't. Um, but I do enjoy seeing my kids where they're at, their pictures, and all that is fun. But there is a lot of junk in there too, so you need to have the screen of the Holy Ghost and screen a lot of that stuff out of there. Uh, there was this lady, not here, but in a church where I started, and she would say, "This is the way she would start." Look, I don't like gossip. I don't like gossip, but I heard. There we go again. That little lying little fox. The lying little fox can get you to gossip. Proverbs eighteen eight. Look at the words of of the, of the word of God. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the innermost parts. This is a spiritual thing. These little foxes, they penetrate. And they go to your innermost. And the innermost belongs to the Holy Ghost. And don't forget that you're never alone. God will never leave you, forsake you. He lives in you and me. Whatever you do, say. He's there. And we can sadden the the Holy Ghost by the, the, the way we Represent Jesus Christ. Most of us love gossip because it tastes good. It goes down and it's juicy. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight says, A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. True? The Bible has everything for everything, right? So it separates. Not only friends, it can separate families. So it can be a very dangerous little fox. He's cute and everything, but he's dangerous. The devil is accuser, and he is who gossips before God. You know that he doesn't sleep? Satan doesn't sleep either. He, he He goes to gossip of you and me to God. Hey, you said the guy serves you. Look what he's doing, saying, doing what, 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 what. And remember what he did to Job? He was gossiping about him, right? Well, let me put it on. Let me give you the word where it says that. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven. Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of Christ for the accuser of our brethren. Who is the accuser of our brethren? Satan. Is cast down, which accuses them before God day and night. That boy doesn't sleep. That little fox is, is going all the time. They have a lot of energy. How do we deal with these little foxes? How did Samson deal with his little foxes? And I want to apologize to those of you that are in, very involved in animal rights. Because this is not a good story for you. Okay, Samson took like, what, 300 little foxes and tied their tails together and set a torch at them and sent them back to the Philistines. And they burned all their corn and grain and everything and the fields that were ripe to be harvested. And he sent them back to the devil to do the damages of the works of Satan. That's what he did. Of course, you, that really happened. It doesn't mean that you're going to go buy foxes. Foxes are hard to catch. I don't know how he did that. I don't know how he did them. I don't know if he was brewing them in a cage or what. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But it's a true story. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been in the, in the Word of God, right? Whew. The Bible says that Talking about, and they that are in Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections of lusts. You've got to mortify them. Romans 6, 11 says, likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead unto, the, unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We need to die to our sins, but be alive. Right? So that gives, that gives us life. I will tell you, if those little foxes are not dealt with and put to death, they will grow up to bite us. And you're not going to like this picture, but I'd like to have that. that, They can bite you in the wrong way. We can take that thing off because I hate that thing. How do we get rid of those little foxes? We're Pentecostals, right? I hope. We take the fire of the Holy Ghost. And set their tails on fire with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. There is power in Jesus. Don't be intimidated by those little foxes. And don't let them just sneak in there and destroy the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. All those other ones, they're part of the fruit. You just don't take one. It's okay. I'm humble. That's it. No, you gotta have everything in there, in that fruit. That's the fruit of the spirit. I'd like for my sister to come up. Galatians five sixteen says that we ought to live by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. What's that nature? The nature of Satan. God came to take that nature away through Jesus Christ. Now we will always have tendency to give in to these little foxes. But this is when we go to our Lord Jesus Christ. And He will help you. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God will help you to get rid of these little foxes. In our lives, because these little foxes are out there, they're creeping into our lives to ruin the fruit of the Spirit and ruin the relationships in our family, our church, and our great country. You have to kill them with the sword of God. Study your word, pray in the Holy Spirit. How long has it been since you spoke in tongues when you're talking to the Lord in your closet? How long has it been? Pray every day and He will give you victory. The Holy Spirit will help you discern those little foxes that creep in. You've heard the term want America to become great again. We all want America to become a great country. The one that was founded in the Word of God is still in our dollar bills to, to right now. This is a great country. And I'll tell you why this is a great country because there's still a remnant of the church in the United States and that's you and me. It starts with me before it goes to my wife and my family. It starts with C.T., English and Spanish, to make a difference in this world, to hunt these little foxes in the name of Jesus and get them out so we can display the fruit of the Spirit. And if you think the politics are going to make this country of America great again, I have bad news for you because you put your trust in men. Throughout the Bible, we have pagan kings running the country. Oh, hallelujah! There comes a Joshua, a Moses, a Daniel that they wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, defile God by not praying. And Joseph, even though the, the king was pagan, who was running the country? Joseph was. God was. But now we have something greater. That was just a picture of Christ. We have Jesus Christ as the head of this church. Pastor Doug is not the head of the church. He's the pastor of this church. I'm not the head of, of, of the a Spanish congregation. God is the head of the church and nothing will prevail against it. Nothing can come against it and destroy it because the church is cleaning to the sun. He's there, We're connected. We want America to be great again. It's going to be like the song that I sang about this Fabulous lady, full of God. She gave everything she had. She broke it. And the aroma began to fill the room of the Holy Spirit. If we want America to be great again, if we want this church to be great, it's going to take brothers and sisters to get into the Word of God. It's going to take prayer. And I'm going to challenge you, church, that there ought to be somebody, there ought to be somebody praying and fasting for the pastors that are going to preach that following Sunday. We don't need criticism. We need prayer. Criticism, it, it just tears down people. But when you pray, it brings them up. Is there a prayer in the house? There ought to be. There ought to be take it a step farther and get into with Jesus. Fast at least one day. Start there. If we stay connected with God and to one another because we're the church, we can do great things with God. You have been listening to CT Church in San Antonio, Texas. This recording was presented in the context of our Sunday service. For more information, please visit us at ctagsa.com, connect with us on Facebook, or call us at 210-657-3578.